Welcome back to the Pin Pals Podcast, the podcast that interviews pin makers to learn their journey through the pin game. I'm your host, Eric from Warrior Pins, and thanks for tuning in. I want to give a quick shout out to my Bami Coffee crew for their monthly support. Last week, we had a fun happy hour just kicking it and catching up. It's always and will always be good fun. So if you want in on that fun and you want to join the community of pin makers and support the podcast, you can do so by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. It's very much like Patreon, but way cooler in my opinion. You know, you can support me one-off and buy me a couple cups of coffee, or you can join the fun on a monthly basis in which you would get access to the Pin Pals Discord server, and there's a lot of fun topics, channels, you know, you get to, that's that's how you get into these happy hours. Um, so, highly recommend you check that out, buymeacoffee.com slash podcast. The link will be in the show notes. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're giving the podcast a follow and a five-star review. I would really appreciate it. I think you can do the same if you're listening on Spotify as well. Um, So all that stuff does help. If you're watching along on YouTube, I appreciate you. Please subscribe if you haven't already. We're inching closer to 100 subs, which is a huge milestone. And then after that, we only need about 900 more before I can uh, go ahead and monetize the channel. So tell your grandmas and tell your grandpas better yet just take their phones open up the youtube app and subscribe to the podcast uh we greatly appreciate that so today's episode features a great conversation with my pen pal tom ryan of tom ryan studio we've known each other maybe for the past four going on five years or so through vending at patches and pins expo He's always there, and I'm always walking away from his table uh, with some sort of Ninja Turtle goodie, whether it be a pin, uh, uh, some of his posters, or his blank sketch covers. It's He's just a, a cool dude, and I'm glad we finally made the time to, uh, to talk on the podcast. Um, he's a good dude. He's genuine and passionate about his art, and I think you could hear that in just the way he talks. Um, so we chat about our experience at Granite State Comic Con. He was a vendor there, um, so it was cool just kind of getting to hear that side of things and, and you know how an artist did uh, at a convention like that. His pin design process. Uh, I asked him about Etsy takedown notices, and turns out he's received a bunch. So we talk about that quite a bit. Um, Ninja Turtles, obviously. Lessons learned. You know, advice for new pin makers. The importance of a Pantone book. Even though I don't have one, I know it's super important and it helps tremendously and so much more. Uh, I appreciate you being here and tuning in for the 37th episode of Pin Pals. What a ride it's been. I hope you've uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself, you've learned a thing or two, and or have been entertained. Um, take care of yourself and remember, it's the little things in life. Now enjoy my pinversation with my pin pal, Tom Ryan Studio. Welcome to Pin Pals, Tom. How's it going? Oh, thank you for having me. It's going pretty well, Eric. Um, I saw you just what, like last weekend at Granite State Comic Con, right? Yeah, that, two that was two weeks ago now. Man, right? it it really feels like it was just last week. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah. Well, you stood in line for like seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast. Yeah, I, I did stand in line for four hours for an Eastman signing. When I found out there are a lot of people who played it smart and just like hopped in line towards the end of the show because they knew that, you know, Kevin was probably going to sign stuff for everyone in line. So, you know, I probably could have got more out of my day and spent more time in like the room that you were hanging out in. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Because that seemed like it was awesome. There's a lot of like cool artists, but why don't you uh, tell me about uh, a little bit about that experience? Well, well, I mean, I've done Granite now, I think like maybe five years now. Um, and it's a, it's a great little small show that has been growing and growing and growing. And, um, they just celebrated their 20th anniversary, you know, a couple weekends ago, which is crazy to think that they've been doing it for 20 years now, you know? So, um, and it's just been kind of growing since I've done it where it's normally just a two day show. But this past weekend or this past couple weeks ago, it was a three day show. Uh, but it still felt like a two day show because the room that uh, all the turtle guys are in, they were only open for the two days. So uh, it did help out for my room on Friday because it did feel a little bit busier. But uh, I drove up uh, Friday morning and I still had to get checked in the hotel room. So I couldn't make it you know, all the way to the eight o'clock. I, I had to tap out and like, all right, I need food. I need to check in. And I need sleep. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's exhausting. I can't imagine uh, doing all that stuff. So uh, real quick, before we like jump into like the podcast podcast, uh, would you say that this past one was like the biggest Granite State Comic Con to date because they had Eastman? So this is their second time having Kevin Eastman there. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. And I would say... The first year he was there, he was in the same room that I was in and a lot of other Turtle guys were. So it felt a lot busier in that room the entire weekend, you know, which is great because it brings up a lot of energy. So you're like constantly, you know, like there's no downtime for you like to go, hmm, you know, you're just on it at all times. And I prefer that. I like that energy. I like that back and forth. I like jumping in from one conversation to the next conversation as another swarm of people come on in. Um, having said that, this year it did feel a little bit more spaced out because, you know, it was split duty. Um, and I don't believe, you can't quote me on this, but I don't believe he will be back um, at Granite until the next big anniversary, which I think is in four years if I'm, uh, I would think maybe the 40th anniversary would probably be 2024, 1984. Oh, okay. All right. So then two years on, I, I think that's probably when he'll come back. Cause I did hear rumors that, you know, it'll be the, for the big, uh, big anniversaries, which would be 40, which is crazy for me to think that because I'm well over 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just crazy to think that how much of an impact they've had and they're only 40 years young, you know, yeah. it, it really like just seeing all the different cycles of the turtles and stuff like that has just really been incredible. Um, but that leads me to uh, my last question about Granite State. How did your turtle stuff do? Because it was a pretty big turtle. It yep. was pretty much like an unofficial turtle con. Yeah. And that's, that's why I decided I was going to drop the the pins at that show. And um, I think I've sold five for that. Oh, man. Show. Yeah. Since then, though, uh, Sunday afternoon, I dropped them onto my uh, Etsy shop and they've been selling pretty regularly uh, since then. So that has kind of made up for it. Um, I'm part of that uh, Party Wagon Facebook group and a lot of them seemed pretty excited for uh, the drop. 
And uh, the telecommunicator has been by far the best seller so far. That it was a dope pin. Thank you, man. Yeah, you could, yeah. I think I think it helped out because you, you, that little video that you did, I think that got a lot of traffic on that too. So I appreciate that. Thank you, dude. Yeah, no problem. And not to like toot my own horn, but every time I get like cool pins from other people, I try and make a fun video with it. I try not to just make it a a, a picture post or something like that. I try and give it a little bit more. And I feel like just kind of giving it like that umph and making it like a fun reel, whether it's like a stupid trend or something like that that those posts tend to get like really great engagement and i'm able to help you know other makers like sell pins or at the very least spread awareness and get like a couple followers and stuff like that so i'm glad that that like like you're feeling the effects on your end and you're moving a couple couple units Uh, oh yeah it's great i mean i don't think people realize uh the power of that sharing to their profiles you know, because um, a lot of people go, oh, I'll give you a follow. And that's where it stops. You know, it's just like as, you know, creators and everything, going that extra step to show the appreciation helps us out tremendously. You know, I mean, I'm sure you feel it, too. It's just like when somebody tags you in a post, it's just like, that's really awesome. And it's not like, hey, win a free iPhone. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's an actual whole like, hey, check this guy out. He's doing some great shit, you know. And I think I, I tell people now is just because I stopped handing out business cards and I'm just doing the QR codes at shows. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, that, that goes right to my Instagram. They're like, all right, cool. I'll give you a follow. It's like, like some stuff too. And it was just like, yeah, all right. You know, and just like it, but that's very important because it's that godforsaken algorithm that you, we just can't get ahead of, you know? Ugh. Let's not get me started on the algorithm. Oh, man, we're going to get into it a little bit later. I'm always curious about uh, (laughs) social media and how it works, what works for you and stuff like that to hear your gripes, because it's uh, it's also like a validating thing to like share struggles uh, with this fucking algorithm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's about half of uh, anytime I hang out with another artist friend is just, you know, half of the conversation is, you know, our hatred of being reliant on social media. You know, it's just like, honestly, I mean, I grew up before all of this. So it was just like, I was fine without it, you know, but it was just like running a business, you do need it, you know? And it's, I, I hate the, I hate the pay to play, but I'm, I think we're kind of like right there at that point where it's just like, yeah, all right, we, we got to pay to play. Um, what's been holding me back from doing that is, Facebook and uh, Instagram, they don't play well with Etsy. Uh, and that's with uh, my primary shop. But I've been banging my head for the last four days on getting my Shopify store set up, which they play with a lot better. So I'm more apt to now do a pay-to-play type thing where there's a more direct line to the end outcome rather than loop-de-loops and everything else. Yeah, it's it isn't that just so interesting how you have to have to you have all these like different funnels uh, that run into like running a business and you got to make sure that, like the Instagram's on point and you got to connect that with the Facebook app to get the Shopify app going. Then you got to yep. get the ads and that's all different from the Etsy. It's a lot. It's a lot to take uh to take in and just fucking stay on top of it all the time. But um, you have to. 
You, you know, if, if you don't have a, even if you have a brick and mortar, you still need to send people to your store, you know, but if, if you don't have a brick and mortar, it's so much more important to have your foot within that realm. Right. Yeah. 100%. What are some social media posts that have been working for you? Like maybe some of the latest like reels or like something that you maybe just unexpectedly did well or that you know is doing well. So you keep doing more of. Uh, anytime I post food. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've, I did, um, like before a show starts or whatever at the opening of a show, I try to do like kind of like a video of my setup and everything. Yeah. And yeah. I've been seeing stuff like that. It's really cool. I like it. Yeah. So it's just like, the, I, I feel like that kind of gets the hype up and then picking, I try, see, I like picking songs that I think feel like match the mode rather than going what's trending, you know? Cause I was just like, ah, because I tell I tell people all the time, like like other artists that are asking me for advice and stuff, I say, don't chase trends. You know, go ahead and do what you want to do. If you chase a trend, you're always going to be chasing a trend. And you're never really going to discover what you can do, you know. So I try not to like, you know, all those stupid reels or them people like pointing to these words and everything and just like <laughs> go viral with this. Uh, it's just like, well. No, that and it's got like thirty thousand likes, and it just you're like, what? Why? Because they just did this, and they had, they're using a song. And you're just like, no, pick pick a song that matches the mood that you want to do. And one of my favorite ones currently, where I've been trying to do it for every show since I've discovered it, is I don't know the actual artist's name. It's but it's about damn time. But the parody is about dang time. And then the Swedish chef from uh, the Muppets come in and just goes, and I feel like that fits my setup so well, where it's just like, it's somewhat professional, but I'm still kind of an idiot at times. So there you go. (laughs) I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I like, uh, you also did like uh, recaps and stuff like that. Uh, when you were at Granite Con, and I thought that was like really cool to try and like connect with people and stuff like that. Yeah, I because I am so grateful for every time I come back from a show, and anyone that's stopped by that has either um, hung out with me before, purchased something, buy something new, share you know their experiences from you know uh, fandom or whatever. So it's just like you know I I thank them as they leave and everything, but. Um, I, I always try to, after the end of the show, either uh, through just a regular post or a video, tagging to thank the show runners, anyone that stopped by, um, because I, I think that's important, because literally without them, I cannot continue to do what I'm doing. So uh, the fact that, you know, even in hard times, you know, they're able to, you know, buy, because art you don't need art to live. It's a completely like impulse type thing. So that they're feeling that impulse to, you know, um, spend on me to support me. I just, I can't, words can't explain how grateful I am at the end of the show during the week from, you know, Etsy sales, anything like that. So I, I really try to, 
I mean, there are some shows that are really rough, you know, but it's just like, I try to, I try to thank everybody that, you know, has made that show a good show for me. Hell yeah. I love it. I think this mic stand is slowly slipping down. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was too. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you just kept going lower and lower. All right. We'll edit that part out. Uh but we'll keep it in for the <laughs> buy me a coffee patrons. In. Yeah, keep it in. Yeah. Um all right. Fuck, we'll so do it live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um Talk to me about your background, uh, pre-pins. What were what were you doing? What was life like, uh, you know, kind of right before you started getting into pins? Okay, so, um, I mean, I was doing comic conventions even before doing the pins, where I was, uh, I started off doing, like, hand-painted journals, and then from there, I started doing um, art prints, like geek art prints, and that was, and then original art, sketch covers, um, and I did that for a few years and then I started seeing people designing their own pins, like on Facebook and things like that. And I was just like, I can do that. Like I got this design over here that screams an enamel pin, you know? So like I did the show, I did the shows for maybe like five, four years before I dove into enamel pins and I did two enamel pins and then you know how it is it's just like once you're in i mean <laughs> since then i've designed the over like 200 pins so Dang. it's just uh really insane yeah 200 pins holy cow uh yeah that's from like you know my own personal designs designing for others um i designed for bambox uh which is a monthly subscription so i've done a lot of their pins too so I, they count that that's really where it helped me get that number. <laughs> I love it. Do you remember what your first pin was and, and what kind of, and like what the yes. journey was to make that pin? Cause I'm sure it had some bumps and, and hiccups along the road versus, you know, getting it, pins it, now. It, 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 it taught me a lot of really good lessons. So the first pin I designed was, this hail hydra pin okay uh, is, that, is that coming up all right yeah all right um so it was uh inch and a quarter one one nail one pin nail and uh i went through a company that uh i found online and it was an american company and i had no idea at the time so i was just like all right cool you know america and um <laughs> I got the pin in and I was happy, but the first, first lesson I learned was I was going off of colors based off of the computer monitor. And when I got the actual pin in his skin tone on the screen, it looked fine, but his skin tone is a little bit more green. And I was a little upset at that. So I brought that up and they're like, well, that's the Pantone color that you chose. And I was just like, well, I don't believe you. So I went out and I bought a Pantone book and sure enough, I got it. I looked in and it's right dead smack from like the yellows to the greens. And I was just like, Oh, all right. So this is an important tool to have. (laughs) So that was the first lesson that I learned is, uh, and I tell this to all, you know, 
uh, pin bank makers that want to break in is to have a Pantone book. So then, and don't go by, you know, what's on the screen because RGB versus actual print, two different things completely. Second lesson I've learned is the one that you already know is that there are no American companies that manufacture enamel paint. <laughs> so these came out great. I was really happy with them. And I went back for a quote for another two pins from them. And they wanted, I don't remember how much it was. And then I found my current manufacturer and for that same price. I could get a total of five pins done. So I was like, well, all right. That's it. That's all she wrote. And that was back when you only needed 50 pins for the minimum order. Man, I miss those days. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh those are the those are the two big lessons that I've learned. Also, I say uh if you know how to do vector art, do vector art. I know a lot of manufacturers will offer that service, but they're just doing a live trace and uh sometimes you know, from your sketch or whatever, then it gets, so things get filled in and you lose a little bit of detail and you're letting somebody else make that choice at that point. Um, when you, when you do it yourself, you make that choice and you say, um, this is what I can live without rather than someone telling you what you can live without. So I, I definitely recommend, you know, doing your own vector art if, uh, if you can, and it's not that complicated to learn. No, it's not. And uh, that's a great segue into my next question. What's your design process like? What are like, uh, do you, you got a tablet or you kind of like, you know, the what's the modern day pin maker, you know, with Procreate? Uh, well, I'm, I'm all over the place. So I'll sketch traditionally on uh, paper, pen, pencil. Um, that's just how I learned how to how to draw and everything from there. I bought a iPad Pro in hopes to speed up the process, but really it slows down my process because I can go ahead and then take a photo of the sketch and start playing around with it. So I can play, bang out like color concepts a lot easier on the iPad um, through using Procreate um, and Adobe Fresca is one that I actually really like to use. I guess, I guess it's a vector-based uh, program. But then from there, I always take screenshots, send it to my email, open it up in Illustrator, and then I'm just old school with a mouse. Just click, 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 and I can get, you know, like five pins done in like an hour and a half that way. Just zoning out, watching something on YouTube or, you know, listening to some kind of, you know, synthwave music and just getting it done, you know. And then from there, I always like to do pin mock-ups, so I'll take those art uh, pieces of art, drop them into Photoshop and then play around. So I get a better idea of what like the final product will look like. And that way, if I ever do a pre-sale, I have a mock-up already where I can start recouping that cost before I make that investment into the pen. Dude, I love the process. It's very, uh, it's very buttoned up. Thank you, man. Thank you. I've been doing this for a while. I, sh I should hope it's buttoned up and not like, then I do this and then I go over there and I do this. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's just, uh, it's just really cool to see people take their time with it because I've been, I've been on both ends of the spectrum where I do something really quick and I'm sending it to the manufacturer right from the iPad, but I also know 
can see like the difference in in like the quality and stuff like that versus if I were to take the time and like throw it up on Illustrator and stuff like that and like you know uh, really make the pen tool my bitch. <laughs> exactly, man. You really you gotta you gotta bitch that thing out. It's just <laughs> like I remember I worked a, a job years ago and when I went to school they tried teaching me um, the Illustrator. And I was just like, I don't need Illustrator at all. I, I want to manipulate photos and like color in my art and everything. Photoshop is what I want. And then years later, I'm doing a graphics job where I had to learn how to do Illustrator for logos and things like that. And then I'm like a year into that job. And I was just like, I could take everything that I've learned from this and apply it to my artwork. And then after that, I was just like seeing the what you can do with Illustrator. You do vector art and then drop it into Photoshop and it's scalable and you don't get pixels. And I was my mind was blown. I was like, I was such an idiot when I was in college, which I think a lot of us were. But like to realize that and come to the conclusion that young me didn't know what the hell I was talking about. And older me is a lot more wiser. Like Illustrator is amazing. And I don't even do half the stuff that most people do. I'm very basic when it comes to Illustrator. But it was just like, because I, I mean, I have friends that do with the Wacom's in Illustrator. And I, I can't do that. Like, give me the mouse. Just let me click away. I love it. What are some of your favorite color schemes to work with? Like, uh, maybe you don't have an idea. Or do you have like a, like a go-to, just kind of like, let's mock this up? All right. So... I mean, it all depends on, I have certain colors that I try to use because I have discovered over the time of creating these pens that certain colors react under black light. And I love that aspect. Oh, so like cool. I have a list of colors that I try to, so like if it's a red, I'll, you know, I used to do like 1787 or 1788. <laughs> <laughs> I got them all up here. Now it's just, now I just, you know, do it the warm red because they're very similar and it's, probably one of the easier colors to mix for manufacturers for like blues like 319 is really good um i think green is 268 and then there's a violet and yeah so it's just like i try to go <laughs> with those colors and yeah i i you know at all times i have my pantone book here too so it's just like and so i'll, I'll look at a color there that i like and then I have all the pins that I've designed up here. So I'll flash a black light on and go, oh, I like that. So then I look up the file name that I used and was like, oh, I chose that color. So then I'll reuse that in the design that I'm currently doing. So it's a lot of, as, as much as you just commented me on being very streamlined, it's very <laughs> back and forth at that point. Like the final stage is just like, well, let's do this half a day, just picking a color. <laughs> I love that though. That's that's awesome. But you're not you're not uh, picking the colors for blacklight first, right? You're making sure like the colors and stuff like that work regularly, and then just like oh, it's this also works uh, as a backlight, right? Yeah, okay, so okay, like, okay. I found like a lot of the colors that I would probably use, like, um, say there are two blues and. The, the first color that I laid down, I really like. And then the, the black light color, it's not that far off, you know? So then I'll drop that in. And I was just like, you know what? I've, I've also found that colors will print darker from the Pantone book, just slightly darker mm. onto the pen. So I will always try to go a little bit of a shade lighter as well. So then when I get them made up, 
um, I, I'm not completely surprised. Like I know that for a fact that that's going to happen. So um, yeah, no, it's just like, I, I, I go off and originally color it going through the Pantone book. And then when we're right at before we send it off for a quote or whatever, then I'll start seeing like if I can substitute the black light colors in for any of the other colors. And sometimes I don't. And then I always check it with a black light and I'm happily surprised that, Oh, all right, cool. I found a new color. <laughs> Add that to the list. That's so cool. I think this thing keeps slipping just little by little. Yeah, I think, I think so. Even just a little more. I'm going to have to tighten it after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You got the little screw on the other side there. No up. Yeah. Right, right by your hand. Yeah. That, that, that might be the uh, arm part. Maybe that's it. That, all right. <laughs> Technical difficulties. YouTube viewers, I hope you're enjoying this. And yeah, uh, we get to, uh, where they got a graphic. It was just like we'll be right back. <laughs> playing along the, the degrees and how far this is falling. Um, I want. I'm curious. What are your favorite? What have been some of your favorite like pin designs that you've done? Uh, anything that you're like really proud of? Um, yeah, I'm, I gotta say I'm proud of all of them because I Hell spent yeah. money on getting them made. Um, but like some of the band stuff, I'm really pleased with how that they came out where, uh, like I thought they'd be a little bit too small and, uh, you know, because they were at the time printing soft enamel, you could get a little bit more detail with the soft enamels and the hard enamels. So that was always a nice, pleasant surprise to see how they came out. You know, I, th I think you got it now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But the, the Samus pens that I just recently uh, designed, I really like how they came out. And I've Those learned cool. things from doing from Bandbox that I now apply to some of my variants where they would get a color uh, plating and then just go white fill of the whole thing. And it's something I never thought of doing for my personal pins, but I was just like, holy shit, that's actually pretty cool. So I've done that a few times now for some of them. And um, like a glow in the dark one, this makes sense. I think when you do a green and then with a white fill, it just glows um, a lot, a lot nicer. That's really cool. Um, I'm looking at uh, the, the BAM box. Talk to me a little bit about that. You're, because I'm planning on doing a, like a subscription box uh, oh, okay. for Warrior Pins to kick off the 2023. So it's a lot of work and you got to make sure that you're like fucking delivering uh, consistently yes. value and like cool stuff. Um, so how how what's your relationship with the BAM box? What are you producing with them? What have you learned maybe, you know, with subscription boxes? I mean, I started with them years ago now and i did um originally just an art print like i did a special art size for them uh, and i told them fl flat out like i'm very particular about my art i don't want you guys using just like any kind of photocopy paper or whatever and uh adam uh the owner at the time he was the one i was dealing with uh said no no man we just we use really nice you know paper and everything and you know i want We'll send them all to you and you can sign them. And I think I signed like 250 uh, prints and I hand 
thing. And then I shipped them back out to him. And then I didn't hear anything from them, I think for like a year. And then I think at that point of time, I started doing enamel pins. And then they reached out and asked if I would uh, design some enamel pins with them. And these are exclusive enamel pins. So um, a lot of them I can't, you know, go ahead and sell afterwards. So the first round was um, Shazam, where I did uh, Shazam and then Billy screaming Shazam and then uh, Black Adam. And they were soft enamel. They told me it was like, you know, no, I'm sorry. The first ones were, I think, uh, Space Ghost. Or maybe, maybe, there was, maybe I got two sets. I don't remember. It's been a while. But uh, Space Ghost was another one that was really early in, in the line of going with them. And I think there was only like two pen designers at that point that they were talking with. And now I think there's like six uh, designers that they work with. But when we're talking from, they went with one box to begin with. And now they have several uh, themed boxes going out every month. And um it, it's pretty it's pretty insane to see how that they've they've grown as well and some of the prices that are on the my pins that have been in van box on ebay i mean god willing i hope they get those prices because that means i can raise my prices <laughs> yo really you seen uh an uptick in aftermarket tom ryan studio pins i have i have and it's <laughs> it's hilarious because they do like limited edition ones where they'll, like, they'll do that special color plating that i was mentioning where they, they'll do a variant of it and you know like i think the boxes don't quote me on this but i think it might be like 75 dollars, and you get a pin i think you get like a prop you get a bunch of stuff in there you know and uh, i've seen some of my pins go for like 75 to 95 dollars one pen and i'm like all right please please sell <laughs> please oh sell. my goodness hey your stuff does pop up on ebay shazam yeah. Bam box pop culture tom ryan studios oh shit Look that's how that. that's how i find out because i can't share the designs until they drop i don't know when they drop like they'll contact me sometimes months before the the pen or the box is actually shipped out so i have to look on ebay to see oh yeah cool that dropped i can now share it <laughs> <laughs> that's wild uh i guess it kind of feels like you've made it when uh when your stuff is selling like that yeah. Another thing that at uh, time I've realized I made it was <laughs> when my art was in an antique mall already selling for $50 a piece art prints that I print out here. <laughs> Some oh, guy wow. was selling them for 50 bucks a piece. I was like, well, I didn't even get to be famous. I'm now dead in an antique mall. <laughs> Dang. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's something else. That's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not cool. But, um, but I found a bunch of uh, my band pins at a toy show earlier this year where a guy had a box full of pins and I was, you know, I'm a pen collector myself. So I started going through and I was like, these are band pens. I was like, I wonder if I'm in here. And I found <laughs> like 12 of my pens in there and I kept going. I was like, I designed that to the guy. And the guy's like, all right. And I'm just like, I had a 12 of them. And I was just like, I designed these. <laughs> and I started telling him and he goes, Oh shit. And he was like, yeah, see, Tom Ryan, that's me. And I showed him like my profile. He goes, oh, yeah, that's cool. And he gave me a deal <laughs> on all of them because I only get – sometimes they'll send me a cop, like a copy just for my personal collection. But other times I have to go ahead and track them down out in the wild. And I'll buy Dang. them. 
Well, that's fun. Um. All right. What I'm really curious to know is after hearing your hearing part of like your your colorful background, all the different stuff you worked on, having more than 200 pins under your belt. How do you stay inspired to like keep creating? Uh, well, luckily, uh, pop culture is full of everything that I um, grew up with right now. So comic books are a lot more accessible than they used to be. So reading stories, looking at other artists, movies, and um, kind of like figuring out like even like from video games, like what would make a cool pin from this, you know, from this property, you know, like, yeah, all right. A lot of people are doing this, you know, but like, what, what can I do that would, you know, make me different than everybody else? Because like, even I was hesitant to do the turtles because so many people do the turtles, you know? Um, But I was just like, all right, so I can do my own spin on them, you know, it's just like, which is kind of like the spin from like the cartoon, you know, back in the, you know, uh, 80s and early 90s. And I was just like, but let's make them a little bit more badass. So that, that's the, the kind of the way I went with it. Um, but yeah, I would say just continually to be creative is just pulling from what I grew up with, because that seems to be what's pretty popular right now. I mean, like video games, like Zelda, uh, that, like it's just keeps getting bigger and bigger, like Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, uh, Goddesses Tears or whatever it's called, just dropped and like, it's still pretty relevant, you know, and um, same thing with Metroid, like Super Metroid is people like it still was popular because it was in Smash. So like, um, yeah, I think I think I was pretty lucky just growing up in the time that I was because everything from my childhood is still pretty relevant now. So I'm able to just pull from the past. People That's, love nostalgia. Yeah, nostalgia always sells. Uh, but it's also just like, it's just awesome to be part of this community, all these characters and stuff like that, that have such a rich background and everyone's got these like personal connections and stuff like that, that yeah. like I'm sure attending uh granite con and all these other events and stuff like that, you get to connect with people who are also in tune with these fandoms and stuff like that. And I'm sure that's got to play, you know, a part in staying inspired. Oh, absolutely. It was just like, I was, at Terrificon earlier this year, and uh, me and a bunch of friends were, you know, getting ready to sit down for breakfast before the show. And there was uh, two kids in front of us waiting in line, and an older guy wearing a jacket with the Smurfs like embroidered all over it, you know. And this guy kind of like cut in front of us, but I think he was just grabbing a menu. And then these kids stopped him, and we're having a big long conversation with this guy. And then they posed for uh, one of them posed for a photo and everything with them. And then the guy left. And I was just like, I bet you that's the creator of the Smurfs. I bet I didn't, he's probably at the show and I have no idea. But what um, warmed me so much was that the kid was so excited to have met that guy, you know? And it was just like, okay. Cause sometimes doing these shows gets tiring, you know, 
But when I can experience a moment like that and still like, that's fucking awesome. And I was just like, then I know I'm not done yet. You know, like I can still continue to do these shows and I'm still be inspired and still have a good time doing it, you know, because I'm not completely jaded yet. <laughs> I am jaded. Don't get me wrong. But it's just like to, when you see like, you know, people like do those small little things, meet their heroes and geek out no matter what fandom it is. Uh, just like, no, nah, that's, that's cool. You know, it's just like, I'm going to keep doing this. And maybe one day someone will geek out about me, you know? Yeah. I want to think that. Hell <laughs> yeah. I can, I, I can get a Tom Ryan broider jacket. <laughs> hell yeah, man. You're very much on your way. You've, you've been a staple at a lot of these like pins and Thank patches you. expos. Um, I really feel like you're making a name for yourself with, with your art. You know, I, you're up there with like a lot of the big hitters. Cause you're like, you're also, What's really cool is you're you're investing in yourself and your art. Um, your table is just full of different. Uh, am I saying this right? Different types of medium, different types of mediums of yeah, art. Yeah. You got prints. You got pins. Um, what else you got? You got patches. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not trying to sell patches, you short. Stickers, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah. Sketch covers, you know. Yeah, the sketch covers are really cool. I had that at my desk at uh, at Viacom for the longest time, and then I didn't get it back for like a year after the pandemic, and I was just like really bummed out. But uh, oh. I was re reunited with that. You did all the, um, is it? I had it somewhere the other day. I think I posted oh, yeah, it. That, it had all the, the turtle yeah. heads on it, all the turtle characters on it. Yeah, it was just. Uh, it was just really cool to see like you go all in and offer all these different things and it's not just, you know, a pin maker or anything like that. So that's got to be really, um, really fulfilling in that you see your art in, ex like expressed in different ways. But as a business standpoint, like you probably see a lot of people buying more stuff, you know, in addition to the pins, maybe they get a pin and the art, you know, the more stuff you have to offer the more people yeah, you, usually you buy. You need to diversify yourself. You know, it's just like, um, and that's why, that's why I, I always like try, I do a pen, well, I do a print. I'll design the print. And then from there, I can pull elements, you know, from that and go, all right, well, t-shirts, pens, stickers, um, and whatever else I can think of, you know? Uh, and, I think that's that's a strength to be able to know what's out there and then figure out what to do. Because, I mean, you see people like, you know, when they do T-shirts sometimes where they just go ahead and do the whole art print on a square, you know, and it was just like, all right, well, why don't you take out some of that background, use the color of the shirt as the base, and now you start playing and it's going to look a little bit more, you know, quote, quote, professional, you know where you use the negative space and let the colors bleed on through. And I don't want to say it's a talent, but it's something that from watching a lot of, cause I mean, a couple of years ago, a lot of this stuff wasn't available to a lot of artists. So we got to see everybody start venturing off into these things and, you know, sometimes see the mistakes that they've made, sometimes see the, you know, the wins that they've uh, gotten and you're able to go ahead and go, all right, cool. And you start picking and choosing from that pool and applying it to yourself, you know? And the craziest thing too, is sometimes when you get something that you do on the computer and then 
you're happy with it. You're like, all right, this is cool. And then you go ahead and you send it out and then you get like it made. And it's now a 3D, you know, physical thing in your hand. You know, just like every time I get a pen made up, you know, just like, yeah, this started flat, you know, like on a computer screen. And now look at it. It's got weight. It can, if I step on it barefoot, it's going to hurt me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like it. And it's there. And now I can, you know, sell it to you or trade it with you and you have it. Something that was just originally on my hard drive is now out there in the real physical world. And that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't talk about, about like this to too many pen makers. Cause I don't know if you, uh, do you feel like that too? Like when you get them in or you're like, holy shit, like, Oh my God. Every single time I just got a new batch of pins and I knew what was coming. The best part is when you forget what you've ordered because you it's like a bunch of designs. But yeah. it's this it's the Christmas feeling, like you you're Every a kid opening time. up presents. It's just like, oh, this is so cool. Yes. Like I've I've been trying to order more uh at once and then scatter it throughout the year rather than continually order every month, you know, because yep, yep. that hurts. You know, I, uh, so it's just like, but then I'll forget that I didn't drop the pen. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and start selling it at a show and then take a look at it. And I was like, you know, I haven't, I haven't sold any of these online or whatever. And I take a look at my inventory and it's not there. And it's just like, <laughs> so just, just like you spend half a day making a listing and making it sure it's all right. And then taking the photos and putting it out there. And then sure enough, it starts selling. And you're like, oh, thank God. I thought this was a slow seller. Cause I mean, I have slow sellers, you know? So it's just like the worst is like when you think something is going to be a gold mine. And then you sit on it for years. That's why I started the $5 grab bag. Smart, smart. Get, just get it out there. Yeah. That's why I started using the uh, the Gashapon machine. Uh, I, like a recent con that I did, ZapCon out in Jersey. Um, yeah. Just as a way to kind of get rid of some like extra pins on like my my personal board that I don't want anymore or just like some B-stock pins and just kind of like move them and, and stuff like that. Just just like a fun, creative way. And, uh, yeah. you know, in the spirit of the Gashpod machine, you can't be mad at, you know, what you pull. So, haha. <laughs> I've, I've had people upset at, at, at what they've pulled. Um, years ago, I did blind bag Yoshis, and they're baby Yoshis. I remember I had, those. You remember those? Yeah. Uh, so there are 10 bucks blind bag. You got to choose it. So one's me and me. And somebody was upset that they couldn't get to choose the color. And I think their girlfriend bought it. And he was like, yeah, I don't really want to do it because I can't choose my color. And the girlfriend's like, come on, it'll be fun. And I was like, yeah, it'll be fun. So the kid goes in, grabs it, and he pulls a gold Yoshi. These are like, I only made like 10 of them, you know, so it's like super rare color variant. And I was just like, dude, you got one of the rarest ones. And he goes, yeah, and he's kind of like smiling. See, wasn't that fun? (laughs) He's like, yeah, all right. He came back three times afterwards. Wow. Gotta love the blind bags, but yeah, that guy, interesting. Very yeah, they're interesting they're story. fun, but you know, a lot of times because I I have the the five dollar ones, which are like seconds, one uh pins I don't sell anymore and everything. And it's sometimes right next to my big pen board. 
And they're constantly like, so all of these pens are in there? It was like, some. And you have to explain to them. And it was just like, well, I really want that one. And it was like, well, you can buy that one now. <laughs> or you there can you take go. the chance. You know, it's your call, man. It's just like, I'm not going to twist your arm, you know? But Dude, like, yeah. <laughs> I, not to cut you off, I'm sorry. I'm just uh really I'm, I'm going through your etsy shop right now that's what i'm looking at i'm not okay. distracted oh distracted by your pins i i love the uh the dyed enamel you got the stanley tribute uh yes. pen. i love the white fill with the dyed enamel uh it's just such a, like a i don't know how to describe it just such a clean like bold it's, look. it's so simple and clean you know yeah. um and that they're soft enamel too so you can get that detail. Like there's no, if I was to fill that and do a hard enamel, it'd have to be at least like a two inch pen for, for that amount of detail. And the Stanley, I've done two other versions. I did a purple one to start with then a red one. And then I think the third one is the blue one. And I'm, I'm almost sold out of that one. And, um, the, the first two sold really well, which is why I kept making a color variant. And then once 2020 hit, that uh, pretty much slowed that pin down to a top. So I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to be offering that again after this. I think I think it's time to put Stan to rest. But I still have a silkscreen print if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> Link will be in the show notes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, I think it's also really cool that you're offering skateboards and I, like, I just kind of feel like this is a growing trend and, and I'm not shitting on it or anything by any means. I think it's really cool. There's a lot of great artwork that lends itself well to, to skateboard decks and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But you, like, I'm seeing quite a few listings uh, for them on your Etsy shop. You like, you must get orders for them requests for them enough to actually like list them so that's really cool so i use i use a company called board pusher and you can go uh, to their site and buy the boards online and for years i wasn't selling anything on there you know like i i post things tell people to go on over there and then it wasn't until i was able to actually start um, doing them on Etsy where I have a bigger following. And then I started selling them a lot more on Etsy. So um, coming up in the coming months, I'm going to migrate from selling them strictly on Etsy over to my Shopify page. So then I could do the product tagging and hopefully increase the sales a little bit more on that. But um, I only really sell like three or four uh boards like board designs the hoverboard is one that sells very well uh miles morales sells really well um and then k2s all sells pretty well as well and i don't i used to hand paint skateboards and i loved i loved the shape i loved paint sanding them down painting on the wood and the problem with that was i would spend so much time working on this painting then I would need to be compensated as it, it's a piece of artwork. And people are like, well, I'm not going to ride it. I was like, no, no, no. You, you hang it on your wall. It's a piece of art. And <laughs> people were processing that. It was just like, and that one guy was just like, what would you do if I wrote it? I was like, 
buddy, you want to pay that price and ride it? That's your that's your business. Just don't tell me you did it. You know. <laughs> Just as long as the check clears, you can do whatever you want with it. Buddy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I I just think that they're so cool. I, uh, I'm gonna move this camera. I got my turtle one that I picked up at Zoomies uh, a couple years oh, nice. ago, and I've been seeing other people bring them uh, to like signings and stuff like that. Like I saw a couple decks over at the Kevin Eastman signing a couple weeks ago, and yeah. it's just such a cool, fun, awesome way to like bring art to life. You know, just like yeah. talking about three D shapes and stuff like that. There's just something cool about like a skate deck and and hanging it up on your wall and whatnot. So it's, uh, it's the shape. It's 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 not a square. It's not a circle. It's kind of a rectangle, but it's really not. <laughs> no. And it's just like it fits in like, you know, narrow corners when you're like you're in between other pieces of artwork. It's such a fun unique shape that i think more artists should really take advantage of for sure well, um, maybe not more because i kind of want to be unique still so. <laughs> but I, i'm giving away all my secrets here today anyway <laughs> hey that's what this podcast does man we open the <laughs> gates we're not gatekeepers we're all you yeah know, there you go it's our it's... art that's gonna sell all these different things we're all doing fan art on metal pins and stuff like that but like yeah um but uh, so I, I'm really curious. This has been kind of like a topic of discussion within uh, the Pin Pals Discord server and just like the DMs talking to other Ninja Turtle pin makers and stuff like yep. that. And if you don't feel comfortable talking about this, by all means, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll change topics. But there's been like a wave of like Etsy takedowns and stuff like that. And it's no surprise that a lot of like the stuff that you have on here is like pop culture related and stuff like that. So I'm mm -hmm. curious on, you know, like your experience, if you've experienced any of these takedowns, what your take so on, many. you know, your unique approach. It's 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 fan art, but I'm just kind of yeah. curious to hear how you, just your take on it, really. Um, I've gotten many takedowns. Really? And, yeah. And, you know, it's just like when you get one, you're just like, all right, you got me. You know, it's just like, I don't understand why you're cherry picking me when other people are out there, you know, literally just selling copyrighted images. I'm at least making something unique. You That's know? what I'm but, saying. Hey. And like the the uh, the property names are on like the, the Etsy listings and stuff like that, where a lot of us, I'm trying to be a little bit more covert. Um, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Etsy legal team, if you're listening, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. You can't use actual tags, you know, it's just like, and that, that's, that's the worst part is like, well, that's how you're going to get found, you know, is by that tagging system of their search engine that they've implemented. But then all of these, you know, bots out there, cause it's not years ago, how it used to be. I don't know if this is how it is anymore, but um, I had uh after my second takedown from etsy i did a little bit more research and i found out that if i if you and i are selling something very similar and you notice that i'm selling more you can report me and i'll get shut down and then you reap all the benefits from that i don't know if that's how it is anymore because i think now there are more lawyers involved but that is how it was at least six years ago. So 
Yeah, mm. really shady, really Don't. dirty. Now I think it's a little bit more corporate. Um, I had last last Christmas I had my shop um, not suspended, but I was on probation, where from November until January they put a freeze on my account, where they're holding seventy percent of my funds. The only way for me to get that released was doing exactly what I normally do. Send out um, the shipping with tracking information, answer any questions whatsoever. And then I had to wait another additional week for them to release the funds. This all ended January 1st. And it was supposed to end at the end of January. But because I was a good boy, they released it a little bit sooner. Now, Here's why I got it. I got uh, this whole thing to begin with. I was at a show. I had a Batman piece um, in my clearance bin. Somebody was just like, "Hey, I really want that. Can you put up, up uh, put it up on your store?" And it, since then, I've I've had it off. And I was like, "Yeah, all right." So I put it back up for him. Forgot about it. The Batman movie was coming out, and I think it was supposed to be slated for the end of last year then it got slated to the beginning of this year regardless dc england their branch saw that went through my store took down everything dc related i only have i don't have much dc things or had much but i had a lot of sketch covers which were original art and that should not have been part of the takedown or whatever because it's one and done and um yeah so it was because of that one guy that never bought the print so if you if you ask me a question if and to put it something up on the site please buy it <laughs> don't be a d-bag and forget about it this is my life <laughs> oh but yeah, man, right, no. so no more dc comics on my site if Suits. you want something related Come to come see me at a uh, at a show, but once I'm gone, I won't even bother making anymore because it's just too dangerous. Is that kind of why you're slowly making the switch over to Shopify? I'm slowly making the switch over to Shopify for a couple of reasons. One, the increase in fees that Etsy has been you know putting on us, saying it's for our benefit. I'm not seeing that benefit. You know, they're becoming very very corporate in my opinion i mean you're seeing ads on youtube I'm, i don't have, i don't have cable but i'm pretty sure there are ads on cable at this point and it's just you know like okay i think the fun is going to be over and the other reason i'm switching over to shopify is because i really want to get into that instagram uh uh shopping and everything because you, etsy you couldn't do that and for years i tried to be good and post things on Facebook to my Etsy page or or like linking it to my website. But my website was somebody flagged me as spam for years. For seven years, I couldn't use my website on Facebook. And when I was setting up the Shopify account just recently, I still had that um, ban on my account. So I spent three days trying to figure out how to get it off. When all I really do is de delete a profile and then start fresh. And I was like, oh, geez, I could have been doing this for a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's annoying. 
but yeah, um, that's that. I'm I'm still gonna stay on Etsy because Etsy's uh, search engine is fantastic. That's how people are finding me and everything. But um, splitting it from you know having Etsy because that's organic. I don't really have to do anything for that. I have a couple ads that I have on there, you know, where they'll go ahead and advertise it. And then from there, people are already in my storefront and they find other things. The downside to that is because you clicked on that ad, any sale from that ad, even though it wasn't that item, Etsy will take a cut off of because they're like, hey, you know, it's just like this counts as a click for us. It's like, yeah, but you're already getting a cut. Like how much more do you want from me, you know? unfortunately that's why i had to increase my prices too yeah they're really trying to nickel and dime you especially after bragging about like a record year of like record profits and stuff like that oh yeah Yeah. we're gonna we're gonna raise seller rates and uh and uh bend you over (laughs) yeah i mean the nice thing is is you you write them off at the end of the year you know but still it's just like that's that's money that you can be using you know, to buy milk or yeah. gas or hell at this point, air in your tires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think is the, uh, cause I, I like your, your listings and, and the photos and stuff like that. What do you think is the key to setting up a good listing, whether it's on Etsy, Shopify or whatever, you really have to focus on good pictures. Is it reviews putting like, just, I'm curious on your take on that. Branding. I would definitely say branding. Um, Like if you can figure out, like luckily for me, I have a very cartoony and animated face that (laughs) uh, was able to go ahead and work well as an icon. It Um, does. (laughs) It does. It does work well. Exactly. I know the branding. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, and then it's just like that way too. It's just like, because, the art world is so cut through, you know, it's just like, I'm pretty, I've seen designs of like, that are very similar to mine out there that, you know, it's just like, I kind of did that. And then I've, I've been called out one time on a, on a design. And I was like, dude, we both used the same schematic sheet. All right. It's just like, you didn't create this. So back off, you know, but for the most part, it was just like having having a, uh, a set look and feel throughout all your listings is very useful in a sense that I think it puts uh, shoppers at ease where it's just like, oh, all right, look, this is, this is all the same thing. You know, what I get most at shows is, oh, they have this, they did, or they don't have this. And then they find out that I'm the one that did it. And I think it's a little bit rougher to do that physically at shows because there's so many like resellers out there. Whereas online, when they're in your store and everything is kind of like looking similar with the branding, everything's kind of the same size. You have a set like color scheme. Uh, For me, I have my back, my icon in the background um, and then the pin forefront. I think that helps out um, people's trust. And then um, I put a disclaimer on uh, all my images saying that colors will vary from monitor monitor. And then that helps me when somebody goes, oh, you know, it looked a lot more vibrant 
on the listing than in person. And then I could go back to that and let them know. It's just, well, that's why I put that there, you know, because it's very tough for, because, you know, there's so many different monitors out there with different pixels and dimensions and gamuts and all this other stuff. It was just like, yeah, no, what looks really vibrant in the listing may not be as vibrant in person. But the, and the other thing too, is just like, yeah, but you're experiencing that under regular daylight. It's just like, I have three spotlights that I'm trying to get no reflection on or whatever and get the best picture possible for you to be like, I fucking want that. And to <laughs> do that add to cart and to follow through, you know? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It, it's it that. Follows. I was going to say, yeah. and and the, uh, the last graphic that you have in each listing where you like point to the add to the cart button and favorite yes. button on Etsy. <laughs> I love that. That, that's that's an old trick i learned that years ago um from some seminar and i was just like there's no way that works and i started i i I did it on a few of them and sure enough the conversion rates were higher than the ones i didn't so i was like all right here we go (laughs) it's an extra step of me saving things but yeah um i don't know if it's if it's still in practice but i still do it so I recommend doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it works perfectly on a desktop, so that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's the other yeah, the whole mobile thing kind of like blew up my cuz I think it's below the image. I don't even look at it to see where it is on, on the mobile. I'm Dude. I'm very old school with the desktop and a lot of times I'll look at something on the phone and I'm like, "No, I I can't do this. Give me a keyboard." So anytime like somebody Thankfully, uh, Instagram now allows me to uh, answer messages on the desktop because before it was just yeah. like, email me. <laughs> and then, so now it's just like, all right, so I can talk you know, with the keyboard. They are getting better at integrating a lot of cool stuff on the desktop. Like now you can post certain things like right from the desktop to Instagram, which is pretty cool. But um, I didn't know you could post from a desktop yet. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, Instagram.com, log into your account, and you can, like, limited posting. Like, you could probably do, like, a photo. You could probably do a carousel. You could probably do some simple videos, but you can't, like, publish a reel or, like, do stories and stuff like that. But I wish the shit was around, like, five, six years ago, um, pre-algorithm change and whatnot. Oh, that algorithm. And now photos don't even exist anymore. It's just reels. Yeah. And, And then everybody was just like, so a photograph counts as a reel and they use that soundbite and it was just like, and they're getting, you know, 40,000 likes and stuff. And it was just like, are you kidding me? It was just like, I'm at least trying to find a Teenage Ninja Turtle song that no one's ever heard of and to play <laughs> on, you know, point and stuff. It's and then really... I, I still just like, just, I, I have in shot where I'll go ahead and do like a little slow zoom in or, cause I think that's a little bit more exciting rather than just staring at a photo, you know, even though, you know, I took a long time taking that photo. <laughs> 100%. That reel that I uploaded recently with your, your pin, my pin pickups was just a photo of like the Raphael uh, neck, but it was it, like, it, it just, I think it was just a photo. I don't think it like moved around and stuff like that. So I'm like, ah, if only I could like zoom in or like yeah. kind of give it just like a little, little motion next time I'm going to film it as opposed to just taking a picture and then like adding it to the reel. But yeah. In shot, man. You could, you could zoom in on photos now. In shot. Is that free? 
Yeah, I, I have the pay account. I think it's 10 bucks for a lifetime. Um, I don't think the, the zoom in is behind a paywall though, but I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's on app, uh, Android and Apple. So yeah, go figure it was already downloaded on my phone. The amount of these <laughs> freaking apps that we recycle through throughout all these years. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. There was one called Mojo that was really good. Just had like some really cool templates. You just plug in your photos and boom, you got a, you got a video. But, oh um, yeah, I got two more questions for you. Um, All right, because uh, we are kind of running a little long, but like the time has been flying, and pin maker to pin maker, you can just keep going on and on and on. I know and I, that's that's the problem with us. <laughs> and uh, you know, it just it it, it feels like I, I've known you for such a long time for doing all these patches and pins expo, even though it's only probably been like three four years or something like that yeah um, uh, yeah so it I makes it easier like, yeah I, I this year i think marks four mm-hmm. okay so i'm curious if you have an approach to like a business approach to releasing pins like consistently like are you trying to release stuff on a monthly basis on a weekly basis what's your approach to that and do you see any correlation with sales like the more you're releasing the more sales you're getting the bigger the orders the larger the like the uh, mm. average value order becomes just kind of curious if you uh think about that because i i to me i feel like it does play a big role but it's also kind of like an obvious yeah you release more you sell more you sell more right yeah um pin drops are I don't know if pin drops work out well for me. Not since the huge algorithm of 2020 switch. I had um, a couple pin drops for um, Tiger King that were going to come out. And then Instagram had that whole moment where they were going to do hashtags. So nobody saw anything that I tagged about the release of the pin drop, new pin, anything like that. Prior to that, I would say um, pin drops worked out better for me. Pre-sales uh, worked out well. I haven't done pre-sales in a while uh, because they're, they're a lot of work to, to maintain, especially for like limited edition pins where you, they're like laser engraved and everything and numbered. Cause you want to make sure that the right person that jumped in sooner is getting that, you know, that lower number and then building up from there. For me, um, especially around con season, it's not viable for me to do that because it's just it's just too much work from you know dealing with. Uh, I print my own prints, so making sure all that those are done, packing up uh, the amount of pins for the shows, and then dropping a pin halfway through that show and everything. During that time, it's very rough for me to do. Um, but I would have to say that when I was able to concentrate on doing pre-sales, I think that built up the hype for pins a lot more than just, you know, doing a pin drop every month. Um, and then I mentioned this earlier, the idea was I was going to do that, but then I forget about them. <laughs> <laughs> so then it doesn't. So, I mean, 
I would have to say probably the goal for 2023, because I do plan on, again, getting more pins produced at a time, is probably to schedule out within like Google calendars or something and be a little more adamant um, during the the colder months that are coming up, which there are no shows. So it's going to be a little bit more online based. So I can schedule out things like that throughout the year a little bit more. Um, because then when I do plan on like a release or something, like I did the pin drops for Granite, it didn't uh, pan out. But then again, that was in a very oversaturated market, you know, uh, online, there was a lot of buzz about it because I was te- I was able to tease it and everything. But when you're at the show and everybody's, I mean, you were there. It was just like they're flashing lights and everything, you know, it was just like it's it's an There's attention so much. Grab. And you yeah. had I, like at some point I was just like had to not make eye contact with the sellers because like they would get into their pitch. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm just trying to like walk through and see everything. And it was yeah. just like very overwhelming with uh, how much stuff is in there. So I hear you on that aspect. Yeah, I try not to sell people. You know, I just try to greet everybody as they walk by or they take interest in everything. I just say, hey, how's it going? And you get always a lot of the people who are just like, I'm just I'm just looking. I was like, just say hi, man. I'm friendly guy. <laughs> Just saying hi. Don't mind me. Um, just try to be friendly. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's my stuff. You're taking a photo of. <laughs> uh, last question. I love ending the podcast on this because I feel like it wraps a bow, makes it all nice and neat, and um, really right. completes you know the person that I've interviewed. Um, but Tom, what are the little things in life for you? What's that? What are the little things in life for you? The little things in life for me. Oh boy. Cup of coffee in the morning. Um, my man. I do enjoy a nice bourbon once in a while after a long day of work. I saw those, uh, the stories after the granite state. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always end it with the cheers. You know, uh, that's not apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. I love, uh, the smell of wet grass, like wet, fresh cut grass. And then the flip side of that is like when they freshly pave um, streets or like a parking lot or whatever, that, that like tar rubbery smell, I just (laughs) thoroughly enjoy. And then uh, cold, crisp fall mornings. I can't get enough of them. I think that's why I still live in Connecticut. I love it. Yeah. It's getting nippy up there right now. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's, it's so perfect. Cause I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. And then if you have your cup of coffee out there, so it's cold, you're drinking something hot. Ugh, come on. Oh, man, you're painting a great picture right now. It's it's kind of getting like that in Jersey, too. And uh, yeah, that in between where it, it's it's still nice to be outside and enjoy yeah. that cup of coffee. Yep. T-shirt, jean weather, maybe a light hoodie perfect you know but then in like another three days it's going to be sleeting hail and all everything else so just like ah (laughs) well on that note on that note on on that that note note. (laughs) uh you made it to the end of pin pals uh tom i appreciate you being here uh sharing your expertise hell yeah absolutely it's been a long time coming i wanted you on way earlier but Shit happens. Life happens. Um, appreciate you just being real and opening up the door to uh, to the studio and just seeing what that's like and how the magic 
how the magic gets made and all that good stuff. But um, I'd love to kind of give you a moment to share with the audience what you have going on, where they can find you, any shout outs and things like that. I'll let you take it away. All right. Well, um, shout out to you for having me on the show. First off, thank you. Uh, you can you can uh, find me at Tom Ryan's studio pretty much everywhere. Uh, I do have an Etsy store and I will shortly have a Shopify store, but all my turtle pens currently are on the Etsy store minus the foot soldiers because remember, I forgot about them. So I'll be getting those live on the shop. <laughs> um, and I'm working on another uh, pen order right now, bunch of reorders that will be coming in some redesigns of older designs because I'm a perfectionist and sometimes if I see one thing I don't like, I'll fix it in the next round. Um, but yeah, I guess be on the lookout for a holiday sale because I always have those as well. I love it. Uh, <laughs> at Tom Ryan Studio, pretty yes. short, sweet, simple. Go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on here. Um, Thank you, Eric. Yeah, man. I'm going to have to place another order for some turtle stuff. The The Rock City and Bebop looks sick. And, Thank uh, you. I'll probably are see you, you at patches and pins. Patches uh, in New York, uh, New York this year. Did you decide yet? Let, let's talk about it because I think we said uh, I've talked. I've talked to a couple people about it. They're making you do it a two day event. Yes, we talked about it at Granite State. Yeah. Um, I asked Ricky for the uh, for the application. I emailed him earlier today to see what that's all about. Um, just to to figure it out. I'm still on the fence. I don't know if I'm going to like drive back. <sighs> Last time I, I got a parking ticket, so that kind of like Ugh. sucked. You got to get there early enough to find like a decent spot, and then you just got to check like every single sign within the fucking block to make sure that you're not in some sort of weird zone on like an off day because it's the third Saturday of the fucking month or something. I'm triggered. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's New York. It's going to be weird zone regardless. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it just yet. I have the application. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind trying to that. like split a table, but even splitting a table, doing it one day, you know, I don't want to get on anyone's bad side or anything like that. Yeah, so. it's not the cost. It's the fact that it's the two days for me. And it's just like it's the because to get a room in New York City. Like it, oh. it's a lot. And you would be coming from Connecticut, I'm assuming, you know, for yes. these one day for these one day shows. Yeah. It's not like I'm coming from much further. I'm coming a little bit closer from Jersey, but like the commute to get there and stuff like that is a pain in the butt. It's expensive going to the bridge and having to pay parking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's just like a headache having yeah, to I, think about all that. I take the train in. So I drive 45 minutes to the closest train station. Then it's like two hours from the train station. So it's like, even if I were to commute, I'd be getting home at like midnight only to get up at like, five in the morning to go back down and it's just like oh <laughs> a train station how, how tight can you fit all your stuff in is it just like one or two suitcases i've gotten it to um i've gotten it to like one of those long carrying duffel bags where i put all of my pins into ziploc bags and then just stuff them in to the care like I like and I just tote that 
with a backpack full of pins and everything. So then when like, if you see me at patches and pins and people are like, I want this, 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 I am literally going through bags, you know, like I'm like the magician with the scarf, just pulling out things, trying to find what they were looking for. It's the most unorganized mess. And I, I see other guys that have, they bring like these totes with these little pullouts. So they know exactly. It was just like, where do you come from bro these people are renting like u-hauls to get to these shows is insane unbelievable unbelievable i'm just always curious it's just like no one has the like the solution like you're just gonna have a messy setup trying to cram everything into a small bag and stuff like that unless you're renting a u-haul but even but then you see what these people come up with and they erect these really nice displays you know and like i i for a one-day show I try not to go that crazy in, in, in a setup, you know, just like I have a portable fold up uh, cork board that I use for one day shows and it has all the pins on there. It fits into the thing. I might bring a banner with me, but like there are other guys that will go ahead and bring like something that I would probably set up for a three day comic convention for one day. And I uh, just like, Oh, that I just look at the work and I'm like, mm, work yep. smarter, not harder. <laughs> Hey, uh, I guess whatever they're into. Exactly. Yeah. They're into I mean, you uh, can't, yeah. can't yeah. change people's stripes, spots. What's the saying? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I, all right. Well, I'm showing my age with that. You, one. Can, you can't <laughs> change. I guess you can change someone's spots. You can't change. You can't change a tiger's stripes. Maybe that's it. Again, I don't know. What's a good phrase to close out a podcast? What is Google going to say? What should I say at the end of my podcast? No, I just want a quick 10 liners, not the whole tip, not a whole article. <laughs> just, oh, man. <laughs> I was kind of hoping for something funny, like uh, say your prayers, turtles. Yeah. Time for some turtle soup, right? Yeah, yeah. On that note, uh, Tom, (laughs) appreciate your time. We will talk very soon. And uh, all right, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. Of course. Take care, buddy. Take it easy. Peace.